No. I'm not worried at all. I rely on God, Allah. On behalf of the Lifehack team, thank you for watching this video. And for more clips and beneficial content, please subscribe to the Lifehack channel, your number one source for personal Islamic development. Without further delay, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Canadian Dawa Conference, Brother Ali Dawa. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. Um, I don't know why people say that pleasure is all mine. It's as if we're, <laughs> we're trying to take all the pleasure. No, no, it's all mine. It's a pleasure for us too. Uh, you know, one of the things that the, uh, the organizers spoke to me about was talking to you about how to stay consistent in the Dawah because you mm -hmm. are kind of one of the most prolific uh, Dawah YouTubers. So, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, before we get into that, just to kind of break the ice, uh, maybe we could talk about uh, something that's been just very recently in the headlines, and that is uh, a little bit of the outrage that's been going on with this latest uh, Charlie Hebdo cover. So yeah. they showed uh, they showed uh, the Queen's, uh, I guess, knee on the, the neck knee. of Meghan yeah. Markle, and then she's saying, oh, I can't breathe. And yeah. so there's a lot of outrage for that, and then people are, are calling hypocrisy because they're saying... Mm -hmm. Hey, on one hand, you're saying that this is not acceptable because this is racist, but mm. then of course they've had these uh, deeply offensive Islamophobic covers. Uh, mm. What what's your reaction to that? Well, to be honest, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, Charlie Hebdo was kind of defending itself by I don't know I, I heard something like this where they're trying to say that, that the Queen is oppressing her basically. But mm. again, to use that specific image, uh, knowing that. A person was, you know, brutally murdered on the streets, mm. you know. And to be honest, the hypocrisy is there. You know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I forgot the name, but in Charlie Hebdo, there was a specific individual who worked there who mocked the French. Pre I can't remember one of the one of the officials uh, in the parliament in in France, and I think he lost his job. And he even uh, the one uh, I think they even criticized a Christian. Uh, they did they, they did a uh, cartoon depicting. I think it was Jesus or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a lot of, you know, uh, outrage about it. And you just see the double standards, you know, absolute hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. you, you see this throughout. Um, me confronting the far right here in the UK, from Tommy Robinson to the to great, uh, to Britain first. Uh, you know, the hypocrisy is crazy. And, you know, all these individuals that I've, I've confronted, specifically when me and Mohammed Ijab got attacked in this uh, rally that we went to, which was a freedom of speech event. And mm -hmm. you, you can't get worse than that. You imagine a freedom of speech event where different people are invited, even different religious individuals. Um, and we said, okay, as a Muslim, can I come? And I was basically, when I arrived there, I was told basically, if you get on there, they're going to kill you. You know, and I was like, okay, that's interesting. It's freedom of speech event. Everyone can talk, yeah. but you can't talk. So the thing is, you just, and that was an experiment for me. I'll be honest with you, that was actually an experiment. I thought, let me see, are they going to let me talk? Because if they did allow me to talk, at least they would have a good reputation of, you know, we stand for freedom of speech, whoever it is. It would have been good for him. But Allah exposes these people and it shows their reality. And there was even infighting within that group where there was three individuals who said, hold on a second, you don't believe in freedom of speech, Tommy. You actually, you, you, you hate Islam, you know, yeah. and they spoke out against him. Um, so the thing is, you see this throughout, you know, it's nothing new. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us about, you know, uh, these things. You know, it's nothing new. It's just hypocrisy, you know, and there are people that I talk to, you know, even like certain family members who are hostile towards Islam, you know, when I speak to them, 
you would see that their hostility and you would look at these people like i would look at these people in my like family members and i'd be like okay this person is just but when you see when it comes to islam some of them made a comment of you know what it's because you muslims cause trouble of course you're going to get bombed by this that that and i'm like wow you're actually justifying the killing of innocent people mm. it's unreal and the thing is it just shows you that this belief it's it's unilateral across the world you know mm. there's no it's just just how it is you know because the hatred sadly and obviously there are non-muslims who are not hostile towards us where allah talks about in surah mumtahina verse 8 you know um those who are not hostile towards the muslims but in general those who are hostile you can see that their hate is just you know across board and you see that yeah. in charlie hebdo in you just see the hypocrisy all around you mentioned that there are some people who when they saw that moral inconsistency with some of these islamophobes they left uh, being part of that. Do you see that there is uh, a fair amount of sincere people amongst them that we can reach? Or do you feel like, you know, too many of them are just like uh, covered and just blinded by hatred? I think there is a lot of genuine people out there. And I usually, when I, ha when I have a discussion with them, I genuinely like to have a heart to heart with them, you know. And I think that's what it is. I think that's one thing that we lack, you know. Sadly, it's because we have a back and forth, you know. They're scared, like, there's these attacks that were taking place, you know, all around the world by these, you know, um, you know, extreme individuals, you know, belong to, you know, support ISIS, etc. And mm -hmm. what happens is when they carry out these attacks, because they just sadly, most of these people are troubled individuals that want to belonging. Most of them, they don't even know the basics of the religion. Some of them who are going to go to join um, IS, um, the British intelligence, MI5, you know, actually confirmed that they were, they bought a book called Muslim for, for Islam for Dummies. You know, they don't know the basic fundamentals of the religion. They just are troubled individuals, most of them, and they just want a belonging. So when these people carry out these attacks, then you have a reaction, which is the far right. Now, far right, you need to understand, yes, there are those who are hostile, those who are liars. And then there are genuine people mixed in there where they just genuinely have a concern. And they're like, look, these people who claim to be from your religion are carrying an attack on innocent people. They have a right to have a concern. If I am living in Turkey, it's a Muslim land, and then I have these attacks that are happening and these people are shouting in the name of Jesus or Christianity, etc. Of course, I'm going to have some kind of concern, but I would like to speak to Christians to clarify that to me, you know, um, and that's what it is. Sometimes we need to understand where they're coming from, uh, where they have a concern and try to reason with them. Um, and there are those who are hostile and there are those who are there to make money. Uh, so you have a mix and match. Um, but yeah, you can't really distinguish who is genuine or not unless you talk to them and reason with them. And then you realize, okay, this person is actually... He's got an agenda, like you know, Tommy Robinson and his likes. You know, they're in for the money. You know, that's it's it's, it's an enterprise, and it's like a fashion industry. You know, um, and do you feel, that, do you feel uh, they're able to be so brutal towards Muslims? You know, because if you look at it, like uh, the way that uh, Muslims are, are are dealt with uh, on so many different levels, do you feel the reason for that is because? There has been this campaign to almost dehumanize us. You know, like you're, yeah. you're saying that you talk to family members uh, who see you like flesh and blood sitting in front of you and you pose no threat, yet just your association with Islam somehow conjures up these images yeah. that like elicits immediate like visceral response that we need to oppose them, we need to be violent with them, we don't need to respect their humanity whatsoever. Like, yeah. do you feel this campaign of dehumanization has basically paved the way, like made this golden bridge for all these Islamophobes to use? Yeah, of course. You know, we've seen this in Nazi Germany, in Nuremberg, you know, where, you know, Jews had to wear certain 
badges around them and you know they were vilified and uh, banners you know you know these evil cockroach looking or evil like rat-faced you know they, they would give these spe- specific looks to the jews uh because the, the the thing is what we need to understand is with human psychology is that you don't you, you didn't wake up one day and tell the germans you know we're, we're going to kill the jews and the germans were like yeah sure when, when would you like us to do it it's a process of dehumanization you know these are the problem you know uh, we need to get rid of them and you know it's it's just the same thing recycling the same thing over and over again and you dehumanize them to such a level that when the time comes to pull the trigger people do not hesitate because they've been conditioned to do that and that's what's happening with islam you know a lot of people go through it, it was the black people who went through it you know before it was the japanese the russians you know they, they there's always a new uh, villain out there you know um so the thing is it's they, they use that and that's the reason why you have individuals uh like uh, the new zealand uh, massacre that happened you know mm. where the guy he doesn't he literally did not see them as human to him muslims yes. were not human for this yani I don't want to say may Allah guide him or destroy him. I'm so sorry, you know. Inshallah, the yeah. one of the two uh, to shoot a sister in the head and run over her. Yeah, this, there is no way this man saw these people as human. He said yes. these are not human. So mm-hmm. what caused him to come to that uh, position? He didn't wake up one day and say that. It was a gradual process, dehumanization. They're here to get us. The Islam is here to get us. They want to do this. They're going to take over Sharia law, da da da, etc. And you scare people to such a level. And that's why when people talk about freedom of speech, well, like freedom of speech, speech costs lives. So that's yeah. the reason why I went after these figureheads like Tommy Robinson and Paul Golding and Avi Yemeni from Australia, Lauren Southern, um, and all these the rest. I went after them because I realized their words are causing. innocent people's lives to be taken because they're talking freedom of speech you know it's not freedom of speech you use freedom of hate you know it's hate speech and you're brainwashing these people these individuals these foot soldiers why well well Tommy Robinson is chilling in his jacuzzi in his 1 million pound mansion you know his foot soldiers are carrying out the attacks so you know that's why I wanted to speak to him and expose him so they can realize that look I hold on a second actually you know this man he's lying you know he's, he's a liar mm-hmm. well I think probably you just identified one of the biggest driving forces for uh Islamophobia and uh the justification for attacking Muslims whether on a national level like you know uh nation sponsored military a- activities in yeah. Muslim lands or uh on on a local level with certain types of individuals like there's money in it they wouldn't yeah. do it unless there's some type of material benefit it's not like they're doing it for principled reasons we had an individual here like we i don't know if you're aware of canadian news but we've had some issues here as well like we had a massacre uh, a few years ago in a quebec mosque six people were gunned down yeah. six people were shot dead and uh you know they looked at what's interesting to note is this 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 particular murderer right you know you could say he's just heinous he comes in premeditated goes in shoots actually one person he didn't kill he went and reloaded his weapon and come back and 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 executes him um they looked at him with like compassion and his parents were saying oh you know he was bullied when he was younger and you know you need to you shouldn't be giving him life in prison and i think recently they even reduced his sentence and i was like look at the dichotomy yeah. here look at the hypocrisy yeah. the double standard here you're looking at this individual oh he's troubled in in such an empathetic light and yeah. you don't give that same empathy you don't give that same consideration to maybe a, a muslim youth 
who online, you know, he, he goes down a dark hole and he, you know, he comes out the other end doing something crazy. You, you can't look at that, you know, him with any type of empathy, but uh, you look at somebody who was a cold blooded murder. It's the biggest massacre in a house of worship in Canadian history. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's something that you see the double standard of uh, here. Yeah. Is, is that the one who got slapped up by the uncle? Uh he, uh, this was in uh, 2017. Yeah, this is 2017. And uh, this is, I, I believe this was different. Like he came in with like a, like a rifle handgun. He had, they had shown his online activities was like, uh, you know, he's following Trump and a lot of these, uh, you know, right wing yeah. people. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, um, again, uh, especially in the Western context, we're still just fr fighting to be recognized as as human beings and there's such uh a double standard that's put on us like you cannot even meet the standard that you you, you know they put for you to be considered like a um, mm. a well-adjusted citizen so to speak yeah. so that can have uh, obviously a, a really detrimental effect and a lot of people probably don't even get involved in dawah or want to show their face as a muslim because of that you know because yeah. that is a powerful force like you're talking about uh your your life at stake you know you have uh, parents who tell their daughters oh don't wear a hijab you, you see parents telling their children don't get involved in dawah don't get involved in islamic activities don't volunteer uh for the muslim students association so what what words of encouragement can you give to people who are facing this type of uphill battle to be honest you know like these things like obviously it's it's our style of dawah it's a bit different, you know, sometimes we do take certain risks in that context, you know, when, well, we don't take the risk because of being careless, you know, or just, you know, for the sake of it, but sometimes we believe it's needed. These risks are like, for example, me specifically, or hijab, being face-to-face -face and confronting these individuals, uh, found the need to do that because we believe that these people are lying, bullying Muslims. Uh, so we're not asking people to go and do that, but to get involved in that, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and to be honest, you know, it's it's like Allah says in the Quran, you know, you, I think it talks about the Munafikun, you know, it just says, you know, death is going to reach you even if you're in fortified castles, you know. Mm. Um, so to be like, oh, you know, let me not go do it. Like, you know, if you're, we're not saying go and like, no one's asking to you know, risk your life, you know, we're not there, you know, everyone's life is precious. Uh, but the thing is, you, certain things, there are principles and, you know, in the religion, Alhamdulillah, you know, Dawah is, fart, you know, as long as a group of people are doing it. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong. You can do, you know, your just table dawah. You know, you can do dawah online. There is different methods of doing dawah. You know, dawah is not just uh, me confronting someone. That's not, the, that, to be honest, um, that's not the only form of dawah. There's different ways of going about it. You know, even for sisters, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I need to start a YouTube channel. You don't need to start a YouTube channel. You can give dawah mm -hmm. to your neighbors. Like, when's the last time you spoke to your neighbors? You know, I, I try to implement that myself. You know, don't think my dawah is just what you see on YouTube. You know, I try to implement different uh, angles and different ways of uh, reaching out to people in different ways, you know, even if it's like, you know, sometimes I do Uber, you know, I speak to my customers. Uh, so that way it's done different ways, but to stop it, uh, you know, it's it's not right because, you know, there is a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu you know, angels asked, Allah asked the angels to go and destroy a specific town and the angels were coming down to destroy that town and they realized there was a worshiper of Allah, you know, and it was a devout worshiper and they, they didn't really understand. They were like, okay, why, why is Allah asking us to, destroy this town when there's a worship on so they go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they say oh Allah there is a worshiper of yours in this city on this town 
And he says, go and destroy him first. Yeah, and the reason being is because this man worshipped Allah, he was an obedient slave, but he kept his dawah to, he didn't give dawah to anybody. He just too busy occupied with himself, you know. So the thing is here, when Allah destroys nations, there's no pick and choose. It doesn't save the Muslims. Everyone goes down. But you are resurrected based on your intentions. The hadith of Aisha, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be raised, obviously, if you was a person of good deeds, you'll be raised up, you know, in, in that manner. But you, everyone will be destroyed. So the thing is here, it's dawah is very important. And for us to take a back foot and just be like, okay, you know, and this is where, you know, in the West, we live in so much comfort. Oh, I don't want my comfort disturbed, you know, I'm, I'm living it, you know, and wallahi, Allah's going to question us, you know, oh, let me not get my comfort, you know, I've got a nice, nobody's troubling me. Allah will bring trouble to your house in a different way. Trust mm -hmm. me. If you don't go and defend his religion and try to do something because you're scared your comfort is going to be affected, your comfort is going to get affected. Wallahi, uqsum billah, have no shadow of a doubt, your comfort will be affected in a different way. Allah will take that risk from you. Then you no money coming. So it's the thing is with this, don't think that if I don't do like you need to understand something that then this is what tawhid is, you know. We believe in Allah and we have trust in Him and we have tawakul in Him. We don't think that my risk is from me, my comfort is from me, the peace that I'm in is me, I'm in control. You're not in control of nothing. Allah's enabled that. So you not getting involved in dawah and thinking that if I do there'll be trouble, Allah is the one who's in control. You know, you could be in dawah where it'll be a very, let's say it's a very hostile and Allah will protect you. Nothing can touch you and you'll still be in peace. Whereas somebody who is not going next to the dawah because he's scared would be in distress. Mm. You know, and you need to understand that concept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is in control. You put your trust in him, do things the right way, consult with your teachers um, and try to spread the message of Islam. You can be on YouTube. I'm telling you, I, when I was first looking into Islam, I used to watch Ahmed Dida's videos. I used to watch Zakir Naik's videos. And this was when I was not even a Muslim yet. I was considering it, but I was convinced. But I was things were holding me back. And I would have uh, discussions on Ahmed Dida's videos at the bottom of Christians. I would have uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, um, so the thing is, it's you can do your own way of dawah in different ways. Don't think you have to have a YouTube channel and this and that. You don't need to. Just find your own way of style and just do it. What type of inner uh, you know, satisfaction and pleasure have you experienced uh, with being involved in the dawah? To be honest, the, the, the dawah, it comes with its pro, um, pros and cons. You know, there are the issues of the biggest problem a lot of du'at have is the intentions. You know, this is a very, very important matter. It's a very serious matter. You know, to, to, to stand in front of Allah and Allah telling you, you did everything for fame is a very scary thing. You did everything for money. You've done it for, uh, to be, you know, brave or whatever. These are very scary things, you know. And we need to, as du'at in the public sphere, need to really think about that because it's it's th that's one of the things that is very scary i'll be honest with you it's it's very horrifying where sometimes you know i've i've considered in certain instances to just leave the dawah because i genuinely could not look at myself in the mirror and be like am i genuinely doing this for the sake of Allah? i, I don't know till this day i'll be honest with you mm -hmm. i don't know in the context where i'm not saying i go and be like okay i'm doing this no i don't know i genuinely mm -hmm. don't know sometimes i'm like yes this is for the sake of Allah. sometimes i'm like mm, i don't know so yeah, so basically, yeah, I was saying basically regarding, you know, um, intention. So um, that's one of the uh, obstacles. Um, and the thing is, it's like, you know, the one way I've found of dealing with it is in the context where anything that I do in the public, I that's not something that I believe, I've, I found this is the best way to deal with it, you know, for my conscious and my mental well-being, yeah, is that I don't rely on anything I do public. So I, I don't, mm. I, 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 I do not plan on standing in front of Allah and saying, oh Allah, I did look, I did that in public. I'm not standing. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm seeing that zero. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps me because at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I don't rely on that. And that, that pushes me to do more private good deeds. Um, mm-hmm. And so basically, if I like, except he does, if he doesn't understand it, I'm not using that. I don't have that as my, you know, one of my cards. That I'm going to, I don't, I'm not going to use it. If I like, except he accepts. If not, I'm going to rely on my uh, private deeds that I've done. So that's one way of dealing with the intention side of it. Um, because otherwise it comes, it becomes a you know a bit of a puzzle. You just can't get out of it, and it can really affect your mental well-being. Um, what was the question uh, you said? Yeah, no, we're talking about uh, the inner pleasure and satisfaction that you yeah. get from being involved in the dawah. Yeah. So one thing as well is, for example, when it comes to the dawah, a lot of, like a lot of people they say to me, oh, "You're like very consistent." Yeah, I'm consistent because at the end of the day, I know if I didn't do dawah, I don't know what kind of sins I would fall into. I'll be honest with you. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. So the thing is, dawah, it's like killing two birds with one stone. The dawah, when I do dawah, or when I'm doing YouTube videos, or I'm in the dawah discussion, I'm actually doing dawah to myself because I'm keeping myself in check. I'm busy myself with the dawah. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it kills two birds with one stone. And yeah. I can remember making a specific dawah when I first came to Islam and I mm. feared going back into my jahiliya ways. Mm. And I said, oh Allah, please, like, I really hate this. Uh, mm. Where I was, I don't want to go back to it, you know. Um, and I really was scared I'm going to fall back to it. I was convinced that I'm going to fall back to it. You know, yeah. but I got me involved in the dawah. And since then, alhamdulillah, like, you know, I've just, you know, it keeps me in check. And it has a great satisfaction in the context where you learn a lot of stuff. You have to, you know, and it's something that I enjoy doing. You know, I I've, I love it. And it's a part of, you know, what I do. And sometimes I do, you know, just think to myself, if I couldn't do dawah, I think I'll be, I'll be a bit depressed, you know. I'll be honest, I'll be like, yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, it's become a part of what I do. And yeah, and there's a lot of satisfaction, you know, knowing that, you know, you're playing a little minor part, you know, when people come and say, you know, I praise, I'm starting to praise Salah because of this. And I'm like, wow, you know, is it, to me, it's like nothing, but to you, it's so deep, you know. Mm-hmm. So knowing that certain statements or words that you say or little videos that you do that have mm-hmm. drastic uh, effect on people's lives. And it just really is like mind boggling. And it's like, wow, that's, that's actually amazing. Uh, those mm-hmm. things keep you going. Uh, knowing that, you know, you're uh, defending Allah's religion, you know, it's not like back in the days, you know, battles and stuff like that. You know, today's, um, you know, intellectual, the war is a bit different, it's intellectual. Uh, so that's why it's good. It keeps me in check, alhamdulillah. I read different books, mm-hmm. um, study with the brothers, meet up, go through new arguments, new ways of how we can defend uh, Islam in this way. So it is good. It is good. You know, when you try to do it for the sake of Allah, Allah, you know, opens doors. See, you know, unless you experience it, like you've been in, involved in da'wah, you know, a lot of people won't kind of appreciate, understand uh, what you're talking about. But, you know, myself, a lot of the things that you're saying, I, I completely, you know, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, I know mm. the, the inner dimension of what you're talking about. I remember a few years ago, uh, you know, one of, one of the Gulf countries, uh, one of the brothers wanted to set me up with uh, a business there. And I said, you yeah. know, I don't see myself uh, living here because yeah. I don't think I would be able to do da'wah like I do back home. Yes. And and to me, that's such a big part of my life. And you, you've probably experienced it yourself that yeah. being part of that da'wah, you, you know, because of that, you found yourself in certain places. Because of yeah. that, you found yourself with certain people. Because yeah. of that, you found yourself in certain situations. Otherwise, you wouldn't have. Yeah. And, you know, people, they really don't like, you know, it's like, for example, a person um, who uh, has a gym membership and he always goes to the gym. You know, he's going to be around other people who work out. He's going to his diet is going to improve. Uh, his physical fitness is going to improve. He, you know, it affects his mental health is going to improve. All these different things are going to improve. And that's what we feel when we're involved in Dawa. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you get you, that that benefit permeates because maybe 
then that time or that energy would be uh, spent elsewhere where mm. you wouldn't get those returns. Yeah. So maybe one could say that, you know, those people who are haters, uh, they're in it for the money, but we're in it for, you know, uh, trying to fulfill the purpose of our fitra. We're in it to uh, mm. develop that inner peace and, and seek the akhirah. You know, so uh, yeah. I think only people who've been part of the dawah, you know, on a regular basis, significant amount of time, they truly appreciate that. You know, the the different experiences that dawah brings you. It's like there's all these like little blessings and gifts from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He bring, brings to you uh, along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a question here from um, the audience. Um, yeah. uh, actually, we have two questions, so maybe we'll start off with one. And so one of the sisters is asking, uh, let's see here. Uh, this is a, a student. Uh, you guys have, I guess, ISOC in the yeah. UK. Yeah, so we have we call it MSA, Muslim Students Association. Oh, so, okay. so there's a Muslim, uh, MSA student and uh, and those taking part. Uh, so, you know, you have a situation here. I just encapsulate this question. You have a situation here. Sometimes people come into the university level. They, uh, because they get involved in dawah, they come back to their dean, yeah. and then now they're trying to give dawah to their families and trying to bring that within their own household. So, um, how do you do that, right? How do you develop like an iman, maybe an iman based household? Did you find that as a challenge? Like, you're going out there, okay, now dawah, now you're trying to uh, establish that within uh, your own family and friend structure. So, is it like how, how you can bring it home? Yes, yes. How can you make an iman-based household? Because sometimes, you know, and I think you might understand this. Like sometimes, it's yeah. it's a two it's two different animals. One when you're giving dawah outside, yeah. and one when you're trying to establish that type of culture inside your house. Yes, the thing is, Allah says in the Quran, and this is one of the things that realization I came to, uh, is that when I'm giving dawah and I was thinking to myself, like Allah says, save yourself and your family from the fire first. Mm. I thought to myself, am I doing justice in dawah with my family? Yes, with the family, it's harder. It's much harder because, you know, especially if you've got, like, some certain family members are hostile, etc. It can be very, very hard. And there's a way to go about it, you know. But I realize with the family, it's more of your akhlaq, your adab, the way you carry yourself. You have to show them Islam. Your actions have to speak to them. Yeah, because you're their son and they're not going to be like, okay, you know, I've, I've, you know um, you're my child. You can't, you know, parents are like that, you know. You're my child and you're going to tell me what's right or wrong. So the thing is, they have to see Islam in you. So I would say to your parents, speak to them via your actions. Uh, sadly, some people come to Islam and they go in this, you know, I call it the piety attack. Yeah, they have a piety attack moment. You know, uh, you know, sometimes you get panic attacks. Yeah, this is a piety attack moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they come to the religion and then all of a sudden, you know, they come home and they're harsh and they're, and, and, and this and all this does is like, wow, okay, so this is what your religion has made you. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's why you know when Islam enters the heart, it softens you, it beautifies you. You know, it doesn't make you dark and gloomy and you know and all you're doing is you're harsh etc so a lot of people go through this phase sadly and it has a drastic impact on the family so the thing is it's important with when it comes to families your akhlaq your adab the way you carry yourself you know it's very important obedience to the parents uh, for them to see that in you you know um and you know when my mom saw like certain changes in me and how i was how i was with her before and how i was with her uh, now, not that I was like I was like, really bad before, but you know, not listening to her, going to gangs and all this kind of stuff. You know, to changing and honoring her, uh, you know, making a priority, making my parents a priority. So when they see that in you, obviously that's going to change them. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to have a nice balance uh, between family and the dawah to the family is totally different to the dawah to strangers. 
so you need to use different methods, different angles. Um, yeah, and yeah, that's what I would say. Really. Yeah, uh, one analogy I, I, I've given, uh, you know, to some of my students when they ask me a similar question, uh, or even when they talk about, well, how do we do it to our coworkers without seeming overbearing? I said, you know, if if you make the analogy that dawa is medicine. Okay, so you're you're trying to give medicine to a person. Mm. Uh, you have the amount of dosage and you have the frequency. So yeah. you're going to over-medicate somebody if that dosage is really hard and you mm. see that person regularly and you, you keep giving it to them, right? Mm. But maybe like say on a Dawa booth, I, that's the only time you're going to see that person. Okay, then okay, yeah. I'm going to give you the full spiel right now. I'm going to tell yeah. you about Jannah and Nar and like the purpose of life and Tawheed and all of those different things. Because I don't know if I'm ever going to yeah. be able to give you this dosage of medicine again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm just going to inoculate you right now with a full shot. Mm. You know, at home, if you give them a full shot every five minutes, you're going to over-medicate them, right? Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. not going to want that shot anymore. So, yeah. you know, just you give that dose and just small, small. And as yeah. you said, yeah. like, you know, with your akhlaq and you'll have natural opportunities, you know, to give, uh, you know, those messages. Uh, another question we have here is, uh, can doing dawah help one address... His or his or own uh, his or her own mental health issues. So, do, do you mean like in, involved in dawah help your mental well-being? Yeah, yeah, help your like I guess your own uh, mental well-being. It can, but there might be you know it depends you know at the end of the day it depends what kind of dawah you're doing. I think it can in the context where if it brings you closer to Allah, it mm. can. You know, if you're occupying yourself instead of doing things that are wrong and bring about sin. You know, being about, you know, being uh, depressed or things you don't want to do Because, you know, if you're committing sins, you're obviously not going to be happy with yourself uh, But if you're involved in that, you're going to be like, okay, at least I'm doing something for the sake of Allah That'll bring some easiness into your heart, inshallah So, you know, just as doing sins, you know, it's 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 going to disturb you And you're not going to be happy with yourself And I'm sinning, I'm not, you know, this And shaitan's going to come You know, when you when you do dawah, inshallah, it's, it's the opposite In the context where, like, okay, I'm doing something for the sake of Allah I'm trying my best, I'm dedicating my time to, the, to do dawah I'm trying to get close to Islam I think it would bring easiness to the heart, inshallah. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it would. What do you think are some dangers of the online world when it comes to dawah? There's some dangers. dangers that we should be really uh, aware of and guard ourselves against. The thing is, the, the online like the dawah and the online it can it can be dangerous in the context where the fame can get to your head. Mm. Um, there's many factors: fame. Um, people taking advantage of their positions. Um, these these are dangerous things. You know, at the end of the day, it's you really need to seek Allah's help because it's it is very hard. You know, and then they you're being attacked from left, right, center. Shaitan's on your case. Uh, you've got different different. You know, as <clears throat> as men, you know, your your weakness is a woman. You know, sometimes you get tested with a woman in the context where, you know, you're you're a public figure. You know, you can you can easily take advantage of your position. Yeah, and easy. I'll be honest with you. You know, you can to fear Allah and to know that Allah is watching you. Um, it's, it can be dangerous. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people fall. They come and then, you know, just the moment of weakness or whatever it may be, and then you mad stuff happens. So it's very important to ask Allah's guidance to help because otherwise you don't want to be someone who's preaching something and behind the scenes you're doing some mad stuff. So mm -hmm. the thing is, there's that the fame getting to you, and then and then you're going and you know the money or whatever it may be. You know, different. You're gonna get attacked left, right, center, left, right, center. But specifically, Shaykhatim, you know. He said to me, you know, there's three things, you know, the fitna of a woman, money, and fame. Yeah, he said, you know, these three you need to watch out for. And sometimes I will say to him, you know what, Sheikh, when it comes to, uh, for example, money, I'm not money motivated. You know, YouTube, like, 
first five years, I never made a penny, you know. Um, and recently we blocked certain, we uh, was allowed to block certain ads that we said, okay, we can monetize now after we consulted with our teachers. And he said, look, you might, it might not be now you're not money motivated, but you might become money motivated. And he, had, and he was telling me a story, you know, he was like, it's, you know, even like when it comes to like, you know, the fitness of, uh, of, of women, you know, someone might come and say, you know, no, it's not that deep for me, etc. You know, now it might not be, but you never know. So uh, yeah. the thing is, it's just, you just need to be careful. You need to have your guards up and we have precautions in place as brothers, you know, we keep each other in check. Um, and yeah, this, this, because it's in a manner, it's, we need to understand people, sadly, these days they mock, you know, Morbi Saab, you know, this sheikh, oh, look at the sheikh did that, just so they can justify, satisfy their own ego because they're not practicing. So they look at mm. practicing, like, oh, but look, see, he is practicing, look where, so this is a massive amana. And mm. um, you need to make sure you're in check because people are looking up to you. Mm. If you flop, it's Islam. You know, it's not you, it's going to be Islam. So that's why, you know, I take certain precautions in place, um, etc. And I've done like videos about this, you know, I've done a video, I was, I called it uh, Warning Sisters Against Ali Dawa. You know, I did a bit of a clickbait, mm. you know, but the reason yeah, I did yeah. that is because there was some issues coming up. And then, and then I said, look here, even if it's me, if you see me speaking mm. to you inappropriately, you're not going to say this, oh, it's Brother Ali. No, you're going to say, Brother, fear Allah. You know, the reason why I do that is because I'm doing that to keep myself in check. There's a public video coming from you, yeah, and you're, you're, da, 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 you better fix it. Like you get it. You have to take precautions. You know, it's it's, it's the dynamics are there. You need to take precautions in different places when it comes to fame. Okay, I need to. You know, when you need to make sure you got it's 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 hard, but you know, it, Allah helps. Yeah, no, it, it is a very big danger. You're absolutely correct. Uh, th there are many duaat and uh, you know people we would consider maybe even uh, people of knowledge, and they've been uh, they've succumbed. To whether it's you know money, women, fame, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's a temptation, and like you said, it's like shaitan. It's like uh, it doesn't mean if it doesn't hurt you today, it doesn't get you today. It won't get you tomorrow. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and uh, it's doubly damaging because, as you mentioned, people can use you as a hujja. They can use you as an evidence. Yeah, uh, and that's what uh, Imam Ahmed feared. That's why he stayed steadfast mm -hmm. on. Uh, you know uh, his position. He said, "If I if I falter, then the people are going to use me as an evidence." You know, yeah. and uh, you know I've seen that before. I've seen like you know people say, "Oh, so and so does that," mm -hmm. and uh, they'll do that with celebrities. So they see like yeah. a Muslim celebrity. Oh, he's yeah. Muslim, and oh, but he does this, and you know yeah. he has girlfriends or he celebrates Christmas or whatever, right? And yeah. then they'll they'll use that as an evidence. But it's like uh, again, uh, you know that the. Um, that fallacy that can uh, occur with yeah. people. So uh, that's a very, I think, a very important point that people shouldn't overlook and, and gloss over because, yeah. you know, the nature of fitna, it changes. You know, mm -hmm. like your test, you know, if you now, because say uh, when you were uh, irreligious or you weren't Muslim and now you become Muslim, yeah, that's a test, right? From going for kufr to iman, right? Yeah. And then when you're a Muslim, the test is like, you know, those characteristics of nifaq. Yeah. You know, the the test is going to be istiqama. The, the test is going to be uh, your family, those people who are uh, closest to you, right? So uh, I think that's when, uh, you know, sometimes people forget that uh, mm -hmm. just because you passed one test doesn't mean that, you know, another test is coming, but it's going to be a different question. Exactly. You, you know what I mean? Like your professor will ask you maybe the same thing, but in a trick question, 
right? Mm-hmm. So it'll it'll it'll, it'll yeah. change that up for you. So yeah. uh, it's I think it's very important for people to hear those humble things because there is like sometimes a drive. Like I see young guys with a lot of energy and they're like, oh man, I want to start like a Dawa YouTube channel and like you know they want to do some crazy stuff to get views or to get on people's radar yeah. and things like that. Yeah. But then when you like spend personal time, like you know maybe they don't know the fundamentals of the Deen, maybe the khlaq isn't there. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe that sincerity is, you know, kind of waning. So I think that's uh, like an important thing for people to contextualize. Yeah. Yeah. It seems one, one other thing I, I, you know, I get your feedback on uh, yeah. looking from across the pond, like from the outside in. It seems like, you know, um, there's a lot of like rivalry or fighting or like, it seems like there's a lot of like you know amongst the duat on social media, mm. like uh, you know uh, yeah. a lot of back and forth and conflict. Like, mm-hmm. is that a fair assessment, or do you think it's kind of blown out of proportion? There, there, there was like the past four or five years, there has been a lot of it now. Um, yeah. You know, and sadly, it comes from a specific group. You know, um, and this, yeah, and you know, it's it's mainly you know the oppression towards the Muslims. But you know, when it comes to the brothers that you know usually were, you know, you have your disagreements. You know, you have your disagreements. Um, but it's just you know what it is. It's just like our tolerance level towards each other is sadly very bad. You know, just you know, it's it's sad. You know, this attitude of just refuting each other. You know, if it's needed, yeah. But you know, this petty stuff. You know, like you're looking at certain stuff and you're like, really, man, you're arguing over this, bro. Like, is it that deep? Mm. You know, yeah. and it's just, it's it's not nice. It's not nice. I wouldn't say it's quite common. Uh, I think a lot of brothers, like especially when we go to the park, uh, speak Sona, Ustad Adnan Rashid, Hashim, Mansoor, um, Hijab, me, uh, a lot of like it's, uh, brother Hamza, EF Dawa. You know, we all brothers, Hamza, we work very, like there, there isn't, you know, but there are some instances where certain disagreements happen. And usually with communication, you know, these things get resolved. But sadly, it's just sometimes it becomes petty, you know. People argue over, you know, you know, your style of that. Like, you know, some people are usually, I, I recently started doing skits, you know, uh, to like, you know, doing certain, like, um, I don't know if you've seen it, you know, just giving some reminders, but just doing a little acting and stuff like that. Some people are like, oh, that's cringe this time. Like, like, you don't watch it, it's not for you. I'm not even targeting <laughs> you, bro. Uh, you, should, you should go, your rivers on something else. Like, this. why even watching yeah. my skits? You yeah. know, I'm talking about the youngsters. I'm doing, you know, a Salah reminder or this or yeah. that. You know, so the thing is, it's not for you. No problem. It's cringe. I know it's cringe. I cringe myself when I do it. Yeah. But the point is, it's a style. It's a different style to reach the masses. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't watch it. But arguing over this and oh, look at this brother. You know, his dawah is not the tawhid. Why? Or because he does it different to you. Okay, please, man. It's mm-hmm. arrogance, man. Seriously, yeah. you know, just, no one needs to do dawah like you, like you. Yeah. yeah. It's just these little petty stuff, man. Well, like, it's just. You know, I swear, people when they uh, post uh, on the comment session, it's like as if. They're possessed by jinn. Like they never yeah. behave like this in real life. Not you know, like you know what I mean. Like you know, especially the comments. You know, all What's caps. Yeah. You know, the all caps comments. Mm. It's yeah. like <laughs> I'm like this guy is is dealing with something. Like I don't know. Mm. Like he would never talk in real life like this. Of course, because his face can't be seen. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a lot of like uh, if, he, if he was known, his face is seen. He'd be very careful to what he says. But yeah. yeah. You see, I'm I'm an older dude, and I remember a time when we didn't have all the so, uh, social media, and uh, we we like you would have uh, initially came forums, so like you know if someone would be put put a post, and then you know you can post on this forum like uh, and, and whatnot, 
And uh, I remember uh, there was this uh, Muslim group that was established. And uh, this one brother was very harsh and tough, like online. And then I had the opportunity to meet this brother in real life. And he was like this, like bubbly, you know, uh, you know, very timid, you know, overweight brother. And he was like, barely gets out the salam. You know, and then, but online he's like, we are venom and you know like we are going to eat you like he's like as if he's possessed by something and it's just so different right like because you wouldn't ever say that to a person like be able to look into a person's eyes in real life and and make some of those comments or talk in those in in that way right so i i i think it's i honestly believe that uh it's very very unhealthy uh for uh for people like even for their own well-being forget about like you know, uh, them opposing anybody, uh, but just even for your own well-being, like just to communicate like that, you know, what kind of satisfaction do you get? You know, you don't put forth an argument. You just, I think you're just almost like just spewing out um, hatred or something like that, you know, uh, in, into the world, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, uh, been a, uh, an interesting uh, conversation, brother. Uh, we appreciate the time you've uh, you spent with us, and uh, you know, jazamakhir. Uh, you know, because even with this uh, uh, invite, it was a little bit last moment, and you made time for this. So, jazamakhir, uh, you're definitely not a celebrity duat. So, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to crush you know that you know that rumor. <laughs> there's, there's no rumor, but I'm saying like if anyone says that, I'll say no. I'm like no, this brother is good. Uh, he's uh, he's he's fighting hard for the dean, which you should be doing. So do something. If you don't think, and I think that's what I that's what I tell people when they criticize duat or certain people. Oh, you can do a better job. Do it. Yeah, do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? If you can do it, then do it. Right? We need it, Wallah. We need more people. Yeah. So you know, if you can do yeah. it, Wallah, do it. We, we yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 exactly. Like I I remember when I was coming up. The brother comes up. Oh, why? Why? Why are you giving the khutbah? Like, okay, brother, why don't you do it? Give the khutbah. Oh no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> like, okay, brother, why don't you do it, man? So, no, uh, it, it was a, a a beautiful conversation. Inshallah, hopefully we can have you back again uh, on our podcast. We just started it actually during the pandemic. Um, we've we've only done things like in real life and community, and we just only this year started doing things online. So. Um, you know, inshallah, we hope we can coordinate with you uh, in the future. And uh, may Allah SWT continue to bless your efforts and keep you sincere and protect you from all the fitna that's out there. Mm, inshallah. Barakah right. Inshallah, one day I'll come to Canada. Inshallah. And we'll, we'll give you a beautiful tour. Don't worry. Inshallah. So you'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Inshallah. A lot of people, when they come visit, they don't want to go back. Yeah, inshallah. Let's yeah, see. we'll think about it. We almost got your princess. We almost got Megan. She, you know what I mean? She came here first. You know yeah. what I mean? She, she came here first to escape, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. alhamdulillah. All right, uh, we'll hopefully be in touch. And uh, it was beautiful having you here. You too. Barakafi. Thank you. May Allah bless you guys. All right. Salaam alaikum warahmatullah. Do I feel that the New York police are providing enough protection, or do I have to have protection of my own? I looked for protection from Allah.